you know, Jim and I were kind of debating it, but it, it sings to you. And, and when it sings to you, it's either to, you, to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, however you term it, it, when you see, if I lay out 10 cards right now, you know, you, you could choose okay, the one. That's the difference. The, the, and Rich knows this because he's seen me in action, and Jeff was speaking to this, is that the reason it doesn't sing to me is because I'm not focused. If I were focused, there would be a like a hallelujah chorus that came out <laughs> when I hit the Roberto Clemente, uh, whatever. So, but that isn't in the dollar box. Okay, but when you're going through and you're looking through, you immediately ping, it ping, it's a ping more than more than the song. Sure. There's a ping that hey, this is if you were looking through a whole bunch of diecasts, mm-hmm. you'd, you know, you'd, you'd pop. Mm-hmm. You'd see the one that was. And I think the cool thing about that though is. All of us could be looking through that same pile of stuff, mm-hmm. and we either don't know what it is, it doesn't sing to us, it doesn't speak to us. Speak to us is a good way to put it, right? But you know, and you actually can't even tell anybody else on the planet why or what that is, you know? And we've all gone through trying to explain it to our significant others or our friends. And, you know, well, they lay out the cards. Well, how, Rich, how do you determine this, you know? In a way. Rich told these guys now that he's bought, he's, in a nice way, he told Charles, he said, why is he buying all that stuff? So he's putting it on Com C. <laughs> Maybe I should put it on Com C. <clears throat> no, I don't. But that's the story. Actually, I'm well, that from Charles. It's actually almost. And you've done the same thing. Maybe I bought three hundred cards. No, one hundred and twenty cards from Charles yeah. on Saturday before the show opened. So you picked him clean. So how come I found three hundred? Because you were looking for different stuff. But my point is, is that there's friction in every way that you want to sell cards. And even though I regard the friction of Com C being very low, Charles doesn't. This is why. If I, I've got to pick out which ones to send. I've got to price them. I've got to respond to offers. I've got to ship them there. I figure which ones. We'll ship them for them. Well, come on. You're <laughs> <laughs> saying that there's the price is not always a price, mm-hmm. and the song is not always intelligible to the and to the listening. And to be honest, there's three. When I'm going through Charles's box, there are three or four things I'm looking for, which is things I want to put into my boxes for sale. And out of 120, maybe 60 to 70 went into that. There's a few cards that I'm not exactly sure, so I'm going to pick them because if worst comes to worst, they end up in my dime box. And then there's some other things that I am buying specifically. If it's a series, if it's a Topps Gold from 2001, if it's a common, it's numbered, it's going to come. See if it's a common. So there are three or four different elements of things. As you say friction, there are three or four different things I'm buying for when I go through a discount box, which is different than what you're doing when you're going through a discount box. Yeah, but you're taking some of the cards I want, Rich. <laughs> so I hate to tell you there were about five uh, TCMA stars in the 50s Clemente in, in those boxes so, but you know we talk about the visual uh, appeal of it or the, the you know you it's singing to you it, it's singing to you right yeah. but, but think about the other side of it the other sense the smell of it mm-hmm. oh come on oh yeah no so now we get the song now we get the smell <laughs> please don't tell me what you smell 1978 Donneris Kiss cards oh. or Elvis cards oh my gosh I mean it brought back me to 1978 one every time I say something about you I wish I hadn't sold this stuff from the 70s and that she said why do you say that because you don't know what you bought with that money look at your collection look what you have yeah. look what you have today that's true where do you, you didn't, the reason you sold those cards is yeah. you didn't have the money to buy those so yeah. and the funding you have okay do we think that if there is some kind of a change in the economic situation what would be less affected either modern cards or vintage cards or more specifically vintage cards in reasonable unexceptional trades <coughs> Well, that's something we tackled on the podcast recently where, you know, a first-round draft pick for the Baltimore Orioles, one-of-one one, super pack or whatnot, sells for 40, 50, 60,000, whatever it was. 
Okay, but would you trade that for a PSA 5, 6 mantle? Well, our conclusion was that, obviously, if you want to play it safe, you take the mantle. Slow, steady wins the race. However, if you want to play, play around, take the catcher. I won't. I don't think anyone in this room will. Well, it's all rarity. It's all rarity. Well, if something it's, 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 it's a single, all these guys that come in here. Right. People that are just straight up into masters, though, Trump's rarity. It seems like the majority of that, their money's going that real high in modern. Demand Trump's rarity. You think? Yeah, I, I know. It does. Yeah. I know it does. Yeah. It's not a question. Yeah, that's true. You think I, I, I'm thinking I collected one of one vintage forever, and I can promise you, demand. I believe you. No one else wanted. Dang. So demand does. Well, that's true. The popularity, right. it, which right. is similar yeah, to demand, demand, right? Because yeah. it's. I mean, not to get too much into modern, but the, the green PMGs, right? There's there's ten or fifteen. Every time you say that, I think you're eating butter and jelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but then, but, you know, like Instagram, I'm like, huh? Podcast, not this. Yeah, there's a lot, and, you know, but there's and then there's cards that are maybe less of those cards, but they're more, they're less popular, and so they don't go for three hundred grand. You know, so it's just it's same with some of the mantles, the most famous card. I mean, the Honus Wagner, but there's the mantle and some of these cards that are very popular. You guys are like, they're, they're nice. That's cool. They're there. But there's some of these really nuanced cards that are just that's like like you said. You feel like thousands, probably a fifty-two mantles. Oh yeah, there's no right. shortage. Just how much money you yeah, spend on. Yeah, it's the demand. It's the cards that you'll yeah. never ever see another one ever again. Yep, yeah. yeah. that's the good stuff. And there might only be three people on the planet that actually want that. Right. And if they outbid each other, and that's where with the yeah. economy, if anything happens, yeah. there's still going to be those three three guys yeah. that want sure. that card potentially. Yeah. But that's <laughs> right. It's also a function of the price. And you were talking is that sometimes when the price goes up. More people want it. There is a big price, but yeah. it gets on their radar. Yeah, that's right. That's 100% true. And they yeah, still yeah. want yeah. to have the card in some condition. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so even when things reverse a little bit, there's still going to be a lot of yeah. people that will want certain cards right. at a certain price. It might be a lesser price. Yeah. Sure. And it's right. going to come down to what people are willing to part with. And when if the economy turns, what what things are untouchable and people would never be willing to part with them, mm -hmm. and what things would they put on market because they need the money, and if there's not people buying, then you're going to see significant. Tim, Tim you basically started ComC during the recession. Yep. So you actually have real experience in building a business in a very tough time to mm -hmm. even have a business. Mm -hmm. So, and that was, you know, we started 2010. I started 2010. Yeah, 2007. You met him in 2007. Yeah. I guess. The national. You and Peter with the national. You met with the national. Yeah. Just, just ask Rich. I started in 2010. So what day of the week was it? Probably Friday when you met. That's the stuff. And he tells a funny story about how he chased you down when you stopped at the booth when he wasn't there. But so let me ask you, what was going on during the last recession? And you were building, you know, building the business. What you know, granted, you had a smaller base of cards at that point. So one thing that was interesting, obviously, our model is very different from what everybody else had done, um, where people posted things for sale and didn't ship anything until they got paid. Here, we're asking people to pay us just to put things up online and then have to give up possession of them. It's a very um, risky proposition for them. However, obviously, with the downturn in the recession, people were willing to try something different. And also, our focus was on relatively low-end cards. Twenty, the average order was twenty to forty dollars uh, to get ten cards. So people are spending two bucks plus some shipping, and and this is true even back in the Great Depression when times are really hard. People like to escape reality. They may not have enough money to go buy that washer, the dryer. They're having trouble paying for their mortgage, so they're not going to go buy the big ticket new TV. But hey. I want to go to a movie. I want to escape my reality. I'll spend 20 bucks to buy some of my favorite cards to relive my childhood. 
Uh, and so it actually turned out to be a pretty good opportunity for us to get a following of people to try something. And then once we had a reputation, then people could come and join and not feel like it was so, so risky. Uh, so I definitely feel obviously building a business in the recession, hopefully we are recession proof in some, some ways. Uh, but yeah, it's a fascinating question about where, what will be most affected and how will it be affected by a recession? Yeah, I think people, it depends on their circumstances. I mean, some, some people, if they need money, they sell their best stuff because it's the fastest way to get some money. Mm -hmm. yeah. Me, I want to sell worst. my worst stuff. <laughs> yeah. And for some strange reason, people don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> Tim will take it because I have to pay him to put it up. <laughs> I sold everything. But like he yeah. sold it through Chris. Well, yeah, and everything was, was, your worst stuff was better than yeah. Some of my good stuff. Some of that stuff was your stuff before. <laughs> Chris and I were talking about this a couple of months ago, or a couple of years ago, but one of the things that you said was when there's a tough time in the economy, what ends up happening is none of the good stuff comes back out. Right. Mm -hmm. That's really, the, really the really, really good stuff. Okay. And it's unreplaceable. That's right. And so what ends up happening is the rich guy, he always is ready, okay, to buy. All right. Yeah. So a downturn in the economy is not going to affect this certain small popula population of collectors. Uh, but a lot of times those guys don't get that opportunity to buy it because nobody wants to sell it. You know? yeah. So if you're sitting on a 1986 uh, Fleer basketball box that you paid $70,000 for and the market brings it down to 55, guys like, I don't want to sell this. Right. You know, there's no way. Yeah. It's just not the right timing. Right. You know, of course, the rich guy's going, I'll buy that in a heartbeat for 55. Right. So there's opportunities, but not always does the rich guy get that opportunity to buy. Only real estate didn't go down in 08 ever 08 was Oceanfront. Yeah, was what? Oceanfront property did not did not take a hit. Kept on going up. Actually, didn't Dallas get hit less than most parts of the country? That was actually yeah. That was bad. That was our market. That's right. Because we keep on growing. Yeah, fast growing. That's not kept going up. The vintage is perceived to be more bulletproof. Not completely bulletproof, but more bulletproof than than normal. Well, it's a more established base of buyers and sellers. It's almost like this and little test of time and yeah. liquidity is so strong. Regardless of what you're paying, and Tim's helping with this, I mean, there's different avenues for converting cards into cash, but liquidity is strong. If liquidity is bad, yeah, that's that's the real problem. Yes. Because now there's there's uh, <coughs> with the internet, there's going to be liquidity. Look at all the forums that buy some trade, eBay, auction house, and haircut. It's interesting because collecting release, a lot of people. You said it some but a lot of people don't understand it. You know, I'd say it's probably five percent of the population. Less, yeah that enjoys collecting gets it and has something that they collect. Understands the nuances. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's maybe it's probably less than one percent. Probably. Yeah. I mean it actually yeah. right. There's kids that are like, oh I love this, I love this and that and then you say something like, ah, I just like the cards, you know. The like, PWCC guy yeah. says the potential is ten percent. Right. He said that's that's kind of the number he throws out. That that's our potential. The ten percent of the people either are collectors, were collectors, or could be collectors. Yeah. And if that that's a strong number. Right. And it's twenty or thirty million. That's why, advertise, that's why it doesn't work advertising collectibles in mainstream for Correct. the most part because right. you're paying for eyeballs and then 90% of them are going to be clients. StockX, Gary V, some of these new entrants are understanding what what uh, Leon's saying is that cards that have between 100 and 200 in the float are actually better than cards where they're 10 or less. Mm -hmm. Because then you can, yep. you mm -hmm. can't quarter yep. the market but you can influence the market. Mm -hmm. If you quarter the complete market then people just well, you can't catch that. Right. Yeah. So, you've lived that. Yeah. A few years ago, I was speaking with the FBI about when the market was being manipulated by four or five guys. 
Y'all remember Pete Rose rookies a few years back going stupid. And me and the special agent just laughed. He's like, we're like, what are they going to do, buy them all? <laughs> You're going to buy them all. No, they're not. And, you know, it, some of the stuff doesn't make sense. You can manipulate a little bit, but don't go buy, don't try to buy all the Pete Rose rookies. It's not going to work. So, you know. That's above the threshold. Right? Yes, if yes. Two men. Yes, that's right. right. But that's yeah. why some of these yeah. uh, 96, 97, 98, 99 uh, scarcer inserts were there 100. Mm -hmm. That's enough. But what's happened in the last few years, and again, I, uh, I'm this isn't any kind of dig at Com C, but ownership and possession has been separated. In the old days, you owned the card, you had the card. Mm -hmm. Let me show it to you. And then well, maybe I couldn't show it to you because it's at the bank, okay? But you basically owned it and you had possession of it. BGS, that was one of our big concerns 20 plus years ago. Is are people gonna really sense their cards? They're not gonna they're not gonna possess their card while we grade it. Come see, I gotta send it there, and then it's there. And if people say, Do you have that card? Yeah, I have that card, but it's a Com C. Okay? And same thing, now there's these different schemes where you can fractionally own something. So you can own part of it. And then fractionalization of jerseys and, yeah. and bat knobs and yeah. things like that. So, <laughs> so, so I don't know that that's bad, it's just what it is. So owning something and possessing it are separate things now. And your Bitcoin thing, or not Bitcoin, but your blockchain thing. There's, there's going to be a digital card as well as a physical card, and those could be could, could diverge. They already have. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, again, it's free world. Yep, it has another dynamic element. It is. And so, you know, it's, if you collect energy, you don't have to worry about that. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm out of tomorrow's meeting. <laughs>